Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt. Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is and whoever Luke Owen is, support the Ravens. Nevermore. WrestleTalk. And welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Mr. Davis, and I'm joined by lukewarm Luke Owen. Hello, Swap Nation, and hello to you, Mr. Davis, you big dickhead. How the devil are you? I'm doing okay. This is the first day in, um, God, you know, like six months where I've been left home alone. Why? partner has gone back to work in the <gasps> office as of today what mate how like but, but how is that because okay so i mean i'm, I'm but like the last time that your partner was like away you instinctively made two cups of tea in mm. the morning so like did that still happen are you still sort of instinctively making two lots of things no, no, no. I get there's there's no time to for all the masturbation. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that's what I was going to get to next. Sort of lost my rhythm, which wasn't a problem with the masturbation. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I I feel a bit at a loss. It's it's weirdly quiet. Um, yeah, I just feel like I feel a bit lonely today. Feel weird. And and it, I, we didn't have a morning meeting this morning either. So like you've had even less people ready to talk to. We did the eight. Up. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's chat for a good hour and a bit, so you can feel less lonely uh, in your place of work and home. Uh, but let's jump into the show because we've got quite a bit to talk about. Firstly, we thought it was Hangman last week. Is Kenny Omega turning heel this time? And also, what's the real reason for the buy-in show? Here is AEW's review. We're going to kick off by discussing what happened in the Elite, the latest chapter in this just brilliantly interweaving storyline. First off, we had the Young Bucks acting pretty pissed off in their oh, tag match. Uh, in like it was, they were tagging with Jurassic Express against SCU and Private Party. The winning team of that would get an all-out pay-per-view match. Like what? How far the Young Bucks have fallen, right? They don't even have a match on the card. They had to do this to get like a token match, which doesn't really count towards anything. It's gonna rip them up inside, and they sort of stormed out. And then a few segments after that, we had Kenny Omega coming out by himself to have an in-ring interview with Tony Schiavone. And he 
he sort of talked about Hangman Page and how he's got to do what he's got to do. What's happened has happened. They've just got their sights set on FTR. Out come FTR with Tully Blanchard. And they offer Kenny a drink. But don't worry, it's a chocolate milk this time. They're not going to offend him. Like Kenny Omega's like, I see what you're doing. I'll fight you right now. I'll get a few cheap shots in. Hangman Page walks in. And FTR just sort of blame everything on Paige. And oh, it pa- was so good. But Paige looked kind of sad with this, that the titles were thrown on the floor. Hangman Page picks them up, goes to hand Kenny, Kenny's one, and the camera does this brilliant pan across. There is no one there. Hangman Page is just holding with an outstretched arm of friendship, but there's no one there to take it. The visual storytelling is insane because Kenny's on the outside shaking his curly head and you want to talk about visual storytelling something that um was not picked up on i believe last week when we did this did we do the review last week oh no i was fine yeah it was me and Pete. i wasn't it's, it's been a while since I've, I've, it's been a while since I've an AEW review i've kind of missed talking about it but one of the things that you two dickheads missed uh you, you big idiots is that when hangman page was in the bar with his drink when dash was interviewing him there were two pints of beer because he'd bought two pints of beer for FTR to have a drink with him, and they didn't show up. Or were they drinks for the Young Bucks? Maybe. Who kn- well, who knows? Who knows? Because there's so much layers to this story. It's like a, like, like a Shrek onion. There's so many layers to mm. this story. Um, I, I thought the visual storytelling in this was great. I, I'm just, I love this storyline so, so much. And I'm I'm so excited to see what's going to happen as the next chapter of this because you know the the theory you've got here is Kenny Omega turning heel. He's been calling himself the cleaner on BTE, and even his AEW roster page labels him as the cleaner. Kenny Omega, Ooh. the cleaner. So there's you know hints there. There's been hints that Hangman is always going to be the one who's going to turn heel. But what if neither of them turn heel? What if at all out? We see these two get back up onto the same page, if you will, uh, to be FTR. There's so much in this, man. I'm I'm so excited for it. Yeah, so this this storyline obviously goes back years and years and years. Properly kicked off when Omega and Page won the tag titles in January. And the following month at Revolution, God, it was close. There was that that moment there. You're a fool, Ollie. The Bucks don't do alcohol. Do they not? I knew that was Kenny Omega. <laughs> well, you're a fool. You're a fool. Um, so they they have this revolution match, and it looks like Paige is going to turn. A brilliant moment where Omega's head's turned, and Paige like, looks like he's going to set up the buckshot Larry, I think. But it just didn't uh, happen, and it was you know totally fine. Been totally fine since. But since, like, Hangman Page has never done anything properly heelish i know he cost the young bucks their title shot last week but you know there's there's an argument there that maybe he did that because he didn't want to face his best friends again maybe he didn't want to cause a rift any further whereas kenny omega has been shown very clear cut no shade of gray signs that he's going to turn into a bad guy. I'm thinking the Dark Order beat down when he just didn't stop then, and the, even the Young Bucks had to pull him off. Similar thing happened with Marco Stunt. Yeah. I I think, though, there is... You know, remember that the tag team appreciation night 
when they were interviewed like who's the best tag team in the world and or you know the best tag team of all time and kenny omega was instantly was like the young bucks and hangman pacer went a bit reserved and was just tapping the belt to remind himself that he's the best i'm not sure whether it's a case of he doesn't want to cause much more of a rift he doesn't know whether he can beat them again. He doesn't know whether he can beat them a second time and doesn't want to lose to them. So there's maybe that's the reason why he cost them the match last week. Maybe it is the fact that FTR did get inside his head. And then this week they came out to be just like, ha, what a fool. You did that yourself, mate. We didn't want to have a drink with you. We never wanted a drink with you. That's That made me so sad because I thought, <laughs> I thought FTR and Hangman Page had something a bit there. So when they said that, it was just like, it was so cruel on Hangman Page. I thought Page looked like he'd been crying a little bit. He looked like, like, he, sl- he, looked like he hadn't slept. He had the red eyes. I can't remember if he had a drink in his hand. I don't think he did. He did I think he did have a drink this He week. did. But the, it's just, it's, it, it, Hangman Page is continually represented as a sympathetic, empathetic character. Someone... Like, it's such a weird way to book a babyface. This guy who is self-destructing, costing his friends victories, causing rifts in friendships, yet you feel for him. It's not a classic heel turn, which is why I think I think it's Kenny Omega turning heel uh, on Saturday. And that's going to... I think it will happen after the match. I mean, this kind of it spoils our AEW predictions that are going out later today. Um so definitely still watch those. There's plenty more outlandish picks in there from oh, lukewarm Lou Cohen. Yep. I mean, I still want my job, and I'm very desperate to get my job, but going by some of my predictions, you wouldn't think I do. I'm trying to lose it. And yeah. it's I think you don't want Page and Omega to combust in the match because that kind of cheapens FDR's victory. You want FDR to go over strong. I think the big money is in Omega turning them turning on Page after. F after FTR pick up the belts. Yeah, I mean, I've got down uh, spoilers for the the prediction show later. I've got Page and Omega to retain on this. I think they are going to get on the same page. I think there's still legs in this story to be told, and I think that the Bucks being a part of that story is is something that that needs to be there. So you build to the triple threat tag match at full gear, and then you do the Bucks FTR match at double or nothing three. Mm in 2021. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Do you like quizzes? Do you like wrestling? Do you like watching self-professed experts in their fields being exposed as dangerous frauds? Then you'll love Quizzle Mania, brought to you by Parts Fun Known, the team behind acclaimed wrestling RPG No Rolls Barred. Join us every week as four wrestling pundits pit their knowledge against each other in a cerebral wrangle for prizes, glory, and a bit of good old-fashioned escapism. Enjoy the videos live every Wednesday on Parts Fun Known's YouTube channel, or subscribe right now to have them beam straight to your mobile device. Quizzlemania, it's the showcase of the Immorons. Let's see what your su- 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 super chats have to say. We'll get to every single one of your so, super chats throughout the show. Before we do, I've seen a few people who've been a little bit upset at getting rowdy and the air horns in the chats. So, I wonder why. While I will say, give me a yes, please. No, thank you. I think maybe maybe it's time to to get rid of getting rowdy. Good. You Stop. Oh, Give God, me a yes, damn please. Hey, get round. <sighs> Bell for it, you big dingus. Yes, no, thank please. you. Yes, please. No, thank yes, you. No, thank yes, you. Please. They haven't paid money. They haven't super yes, chatted. Yes, they haven't please. super chatted. Yes, Don't please. show their comments. Yes, Charlie Davis says, Rally. great last name, by the way, Charlie. Notice some details in the FTR Kenny segment. Dax had aviators hooked to his shirt, the same kind the cleaner is infamous for wearing. So I've never seen him ever wear them before. Seems like a hint. I mean, that's, I don't think it is. I think aviators are just cool. Um, but, you know, that they've dropped smaller hints. <laughs> I was going to say, at this point, like when I first saw that super chat, I was like, no, nah, that's probably a bit of a reach there, Charlie. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, but they've done a lot of stuff that has been <laughs> sort of like small bits and pieces here that you're supposed to pick up on. So you might completely be onto something, mate. Christopher Jazzcat, Hangman went to hand the belt to his partner, but nobody came. So I must say on that segment, the way the camera was positioned, like I I now really think, particularly for Kenny segments, they are blocking out these scenes in advance. So when we say blocking, that's sort of the acting theatre term for deciding where everyone stands and for filming in particularly, that's important for the cameraman. So rather than the cameraman just reacting to stuff as it unfolds, maybe the director in his ear going, 
get a shot of this now, getting a shot of that. That has got to be staged and filmed, almost rehearsed in advance. The way the camera mm. was positioned, with even before the reveal that Kenny had walked away, the shot of Tully on the apron just looming there like this threat with Kenny perfectly framed on one side, FTR on the other, Tony there in the foreground too. The, ca- the camera work on this episode for a live show was exemplary, I thought. So, so great. Like that shot, man. You know, you couple that with the backstage shot last week with the uh, the mirror. But I mean, I'll always come back to it. It's like a term, like perfect live camera work was the tease of the buckshot at Revolution. Oh, but mm. but was it a tease of a buckshot? Was he just holding the ropes? He's just holding the ropes. Just holding the ropes, mate. Paul Kerr, outstanding storytelling from Kenny Hangman and FTR. Brilliance in an otherwise very average episode of Dynamite. Kenny to turn heel, prove me wrong. Well, we'll find out, won't we, at all out, Paul? I do agree with you, Paul. I did find this episode pretty average by AEW standards. And for an, for a go-home show, you know, um, yeah, I think it. Great. I think as an episode, it just wanted to have like every match that was on the card for All Out. They wanted to have a go home section for it, but in what ended up happening was that it felt like none of the matches got really all the build that they probably could have got, as opposed to maybe just focusing on the big matches and giving those all go home segments. They gave every single match on the card a go home segment. Just say hi to Josh. The Razman's oh, reality man. back in yeah. the uh, back in the chat. Uh, nice to see you again, buddy. He hasn't been around for a while. What the hell? It says at the end, let's get rowdy. Yes, please. God damn it, Josh. Now I can't figure out how to get your... There we go. It's gone. The comment's gone. Uh, Shannon Smith. Does Matt kick Page causing... Does Matt kick Page causing loss? And Kenny turn heel elite? Um, I don't think the Bucks would intentionally like kick Hangman Page in the tag match and Kenny would side with them to lose the belts. There is every chance, though. I mean, what if the finish of the match is that Hangman is able to get in and break up the pin with Kenny, but the Bucks hold him on the outside in the same way that he cost them their spot in the match? Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> uh, Rangers Mayhem. Anyone notice that FTR and Tully were only putting up three fingers instead of the usual four? That's because there's three of them. Mm. Well, that, that hints that someone else is going to join them soon. Poor old Sean Spears. Like, you know, I was counting Tully as the third man there. <laughs> yeah. But Tully's still with Sean. He came out with him later. Well, let's get on with the full play-by-play review of AEW Dynamite. Of course, subscribe and enable notifications to always on if you haven't already, because me and Luke go head-to-head in predictions for live reactions this Saturday. Uh, Our predictions video with Laurie will be up later today. Uh, And at All Out 2, it's not just Luke's job on the line, which (laughs) doesn't mean a goddamn thing. It's also to crown... The first ever Jam That Champion. That's going to yep. be right when here. Ollie Davis is apparently pulling across his boobs. It's because my waist is not in shot. 
So mm -hmm. I can't do the title signaling motion that most wrestlers do. You've got to do it higher. Got to do it higher around your boobs. It's where the championship's going to be. Yep. On this around guy. Your boobs. On this guy. I'm going to have right. one over my shoulder like a normal person. So all, uh, not all out, Dynamite kicked off with Excalibur back on commentary. It's been a month since uh, a few racist comments that he made as part of a storyline years and years ago uh, sort of surfaced online. So he took a month off to presumably avoid any backlash. And he's come back and, yeah, I, I think it kind of worked. I, th I thought it was yeah. overly cautious to do that. But that AEW are, are sort of, yeah, they yeah, do stuff it, and it, and it was nice to have him back on commentary as yes. well. To really yeah, balance really out some of the him. saltiness. <laughs> he was salty this episode. Was he oh, salty? Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, he was. Saltier than his sauce. Uh, so the opening match was really, really, really good. I, I really enjoyed this because it's kind of, it's worthy of an all-out or a pay-per-view match based on all the build it's had. It's the blood feud between Best Friends and Santana and Ortiz. And I say it all the time, I wish big pay-per-view cards, their go-home shows, almost feel like the mini pay-per-view setups, where you have a few of those long-term feuds pay off on the go-home show mm -hmm. and have angles to sell the big matches on the main card. So I thought this was great stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I thought this was... I mean, this got started hot. You know, like, and they called them LAX. Then Santana and Ortiz yeah. came out to do their entrance, but the best friends attacked them on the on the stage. Trent did this big dive. Then Chucky starts building this terrifying chair structure, which, of course, he then got thrown onto. And their heels go like this was. It's sadly the ending was slightly was a bit mm. botched, which is a bit unfortunate because the the rest of the match was was really really great. Yeah, it's classic Santana and Ortiz working someone over. Uh, and they're so good at that sort of heel shenanigans. But Trent was really, really good as the the isolated guy because Chucky T was taken out. Takes a sick bump off the apron onto the steel steps. Flat back oh. bump. Must have sucked. But yeah, unfortunately, it's, get, it's got a nice pace. Chucky T still he makes a hot tag, but then he's taken out again. It's all Trent. He gets a, a near fall with his pile driver on Ortiz. Santana is meant to put Ortiz's arm on the ropes just mistimes it and the referees already counted three and they just they just carry on after that and it was awkward as well because santana clearly wanted to wait until the last second to do it like he had time mm. to do it as the pin started but he wanted to wait until the last second to make it more dramatic but he waited one second too many so like rick knox counted three but then was like, oh, no, wait, sorry, hands on the ropes. That, that doesn't count. It, it was a bit, yeah, it was unfortunate. But the that, that then uh, opened everything for Santana and Ortiz to get the win. So a good, yeah. a good victory for Santana and Ortiz. It's a shame there was a slight botch in there, but, you know, that they don't win that often, unfortunately. Uh, and you but they'll be a part of the Casino Battle Royale. So I expect this yes. feud to weave through that. And you want to talk about like, you know, best friends throwing themselves around trying to make this feel like a pay-per-view match. Not only did you have that Chucky e. T sort of flat back bump onto the terrifying chair structure, that spot where um, Trent go does his sort of outside of the ring spear and Ortiz leapfrogs him. So he spears the barricade 
bloody hell. He threw himself <laughs> so hard into it. That was good. That was a great spot. Uh, after that, we got the sort of night-long storyline, which was to build to the main event. John Moxley outsmarted MJF the previous week. As part of the contract signing, he slipped in a page, which meant that Mox got to fight MJF's annoying, obnoxious lawyer as the main event of this week. So Mark Sterling is the lawyer's name, and he doesn't want to fight Moxie. He's trying to think of a way out. And MJF and Wardlow just looked awesome here with their campaign members. Wardlow drags out Sterling, and MJF gives him this, like, serious... Like, it's a new side of, of MJF, really. It, it felt intimidating and threatening. This wasn't jokey, chicken S-word heel MJF. No, no, this was not. I mean, he gave him, he said, you've got two options. You either get in the ring or I'm going to put you in a wood chipper. I think he said <laughs> effing wood chipper. He bleeped I think you might it. Done, yeah. yeah. I'd I, I thought this was really, really effective. A, a lot of this, a lot of MJF segments were about all of, because the campaign stuff has been very watchable, very enjoyable, but it is inherently goofy. What mm. this show did was really elevate him to that sort of next violent level to be a more serious, credible threat to Moxley for, for Saturday. I thought they did that very well. Uh, yeah. Then we got the match I'd already spoken about, Private Party and SCU versus Young Bucks and Jurassic Express. The winning team gets a match against each other or all out. Great stakes because they put over that it's a payday. You yeah. get, uh, get onto the pay-per-view, that's a bigger payday than getting on television. Also, it means that you get a match... <laughs> to kind of build yourself up in the rankings. And I actually, you know, I, I sort of buried JR a little bit for being very salty. I thought he did some really good stuff in this match, though, putting over the Young Bucks' trials and tribulations that they are the best tag team in this company, but they haven't won the belts and really haven't come within an ass's roar of doing so. So they are struggling at the moment. You know, they've always, they were knocked out first in the tournament. They've been low down in the rankings. They had that one tag match at Revolution. But now they're not back in the tag title hunt. So they need to be doing something to get themselves back. They are slow off the marks in terms of winning those tag straps. I thought J.I. did a really good job of getting that storyline over. And I thought this match was fun as hell. I thought this was really good. Like everyone getting in, doing all their big moves and getting near falls. Like I thought Luchasaurus looked great. I thought, uh, do you know what? Frankie Kazarian looked amazing yeah. in this match. He looked great. Private Party didn't smeg anything up, which is, you know, that's, <laughs> u that's unique for them. And uh, I, yeah, I thought everyone was wicked in this match. Yeah, I, I, I just love watching Christopher Daniels. I always, I, like, I, it's, I always feel lucky to watch him wrestle. And it's nice to see him. He doesn't do much on Dynamite these days. But yeah, the Young Bucks were fantastic. JR's fantastic at getting over the Young Bucks story. The Young Bucks themselves, I thought, couldn't have done it any better. They wrestled this match like they were pissed off. And it seemed like they resented Jurassic Express as well. Uh, when they worked together, they worked together so seamlessly. But there are a few moments when they're just tagging each other, when they maybe should have tagged Jungle Boy in. And, you know, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy sold that a bit annoyed on the apron. And then Matt Jackson's on the outside. There's a fan there, a plant, who's been expertly foreshadowed. It's been shown a few times throughout the broadcast. And he's a guy with a beer and a sign that reads, Hangman Page, drink my beer. Encouraging alcoholism. And Matt Jackson gets the beer and pours it over the fan's head. 
Yeah, it was so so good. That the, the the tag spots that you were talking about earlier, you know, that um Young Bucks not perhaps tagging into Jurassic Express. There's a moment where Nick's in the ring and he's got control over whoever it was he was wrestling. And Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy are stood there ready for a tag. Nick looks at them, waits for Matt to get back up onto the apron and extend his hand in, and he tags mm. into Matt as well. It was like some really, really nice stuff in there. Yeah, and at the end, uh the Bucks and Jurassic Express win. Usually they'd all stand there and celebrate. That's what the Bucks would have done in the past. They didn't. They just stormed out, still pretty angry. And Excalibur puts it over perfectly. He says, look, I've been commentating on these guys for my entire career. I've never seen them this upset. Yeah. I'm excited for All Out, like how they're going to feature in stuff. Um, after that, we got a really funny backstage segment with very brief Orange Cassidy is sitting down in a, a locker room and Jake Hager sits next to him. And you're like, you look pretty similar. And they've got that kind of same silent stoic gimmick. And Hager just says, Jericho wants you ringside for his match. I just like this. I like the mobster vibes. You know, I, I look like someone who really likes a mobster theme. That's where you I like take most of my inspiration stuff, yeah. from. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, though I also actually really liked, and I appreciate this, they were putting over on commentary that Hager has his own film crew to film this segment backstage. So we're, you know, and has asked us to broadcast it. Just, I mean, it doesn't need to be there really, because I think as wrestling fans, we just accept that that cameras are filming things backstage, that wrestlers are often not aware that there are cameras there or act like they're unaware that cameras are there. But, you know, it's, it's an effort to add a little mm. level of realism there. So I appreciate it. Uh, speaking of realism, Tully and FTR just decided it was the 80s. But very <laughs> brief, very brief bit. And they just cut a minute. I bet, I bet if you time it, it's exactly a minute because that's what the old guys used to do. You want my 30 second or do you want my minute? You know, like because they've mm. it's, it's adverts. Promos are adverts for the match. And that's what these three guys did. In, in just such a really great, effective throwback style. They must have said Saturday night <laughs> 10 times. Oh, yeah. Just gotta... drilling into you. That's when the match is. That's when the pay-per-view is. Do you always think about um, Louis Theroux doing the uh, the wrestling promo? when they're Yes. Like... <laughs> <laughs> These are the points you've got to hit. The time, the place, <laughs> who you're facing. Yeah. Uh, then we got the Kenny Omega segment, the interview, the in-ring one that we've already discussed. Just excellent stuff there. Uh, after lovely, that, uh, to see, sorry, uh, on that, lovely to see Kenny Omega's. Uh, he's got a Hannah Kimura T-shirt as well that mm. AEW are doing with Pro Wrestling Tees. I think it's actually it's just Pro Wrestling Tees are doing this Hannah Kimura T-shirt with 100% of the proceeds going to Hannah Kimura's mother, which is really, really lovely. Really great. Uh, Jericho then took on Joey Janela. Uh, this was all. This was more of an angle than a match. It was a match, but it was mostly so Orange Cassidy could watch from ringside, and Jericho is effectively showing him what he's going to do to him this weekend. Pretty much manhandled Janela, hit a great code breaker off a Janela springboard, oh, and well and won. Uh, made him tap yeah. in the walls. Really, really well done. Yeah, uh, so Jericho was wearing an Orange Cassidy T-shirt, and then he's beating up Janela after the match, um, and like you know, like smeared blood from Janela's face onto the Orange Cassidy T-shirt, which of course has got Orange Cassidy's face on it. Sunny Kiss runs down to make the save there, um, and in the end, it was uh, it was Cassidy that stood tall, and he uh, poured out a little bit of the bubbly onto the mat. Very mm -hmm. nice stuff. Really great closing image of the, the bottle of champagne just, yeah, pouring out by itself and Cassidy standing over it. 
Uh, then we did Sammy Guevara and Matt Hardy just doing warring placards throughout the shrink screen ad break. Wasn't really a thing there, but of course they've got a match at the weekend. And then we got something I really like the idea of, but I just don't think it worked properly. You had Team Taz come out, then you had Jake and Jake the Snake and Lance Archer, uh, all of Death Pentagon, Tully and Sean, Inner Circle, everyone who's involved in the Casino Battle Royale came out for a bit of a promo and then a brawl. And then it went to ad break and then it came back and they were still brawling, which is cool. But then it then they just cut to something else. <laughs> yeah, I, I think my notes tell us tell a story here, which is, you know, Team Taz come out. They cut this cool promo. Oh, here comes Roberts and Lance. They call Team Taz the best losers. Jake Roberts talks about busting nuts. And then, <laughs> and then my notes going all caps, like, oh, F, here comes Eddie Kingston. And like, oh, my God, they're probably Santana all easier. Oh, the best friends are probably too. It's like, it's all this caps. And then just a couple of spaces, they're still brawling after the ad break. And that's the end of my notes for that segment. Because it was cool to see them brawling into the ad break. But during the ad break, I was expecting security to come out and separate them. So that when they came back from the ad break, we may get some highlights and then we'll go to the next segment. But no, they were just, they were still brawling, but it felt like it lost all the luster mm. that, that it had or the muster maybe, like whatever the word is. They, it had lost certain, a, a certain element of it. And I think, you know, like Serpentico was in there. I think Billy Gunn was in there. And I don't think they're actually in the Battle Royale. And yeah, it, I, I don't think it was, it was good on paper. It started hot, but then sort of fizzled out a little bit. It was a Saturday Night Live sketch. Really enjoyable setup, but ultimately no punchline. And then mm. you're just left out thinking, what was that? What was that all about? Um, <laughs> but you know, that that is nitpicking. It's just a shame because it, it started off so good. Those promo guys, I just want to see Taz, Eddie Kingston, and Jake shout at each other. <laughs> oh, so good. Um, but I'm still really looking forward to the Casino Battle Royale. I I've never I can't remember the last like serious battle royale which you know other obviously other than the rumble with so much talent in it and i have no idea who's going to win and you add that add on top of that the layer of factions yeah that i think that's that's the key to this really like i i'm with you i think this is the most excited i've been for a battle royale that's on a pre-show in probably my entire life is it I've on the pre-show i would have thought it's on the pre-show it was like it was last year it was on the buy-in yeah, but it feels like a much bigger deal this year. Yeah, maybe it is on the main show then. But either way, even though I thought it was on the buy and I was still dead excited for it, and mm. that doesn't happen very often. I I thought this was, yeah, I, I'm really excited for this battle royal. And yeah, I think it is down to that whole faction warfare thing. And like these three sort of warring groups, I think it's going to be really cool. And then you've got like, you know, the outside, the Sean Spears element in there. But I do think it might be TBD that uh, picks up the victory. But we'll... But we will see. Mm -hmm. yeah. After that, we got a Dark Order Nightmare Family promo. Pretty good. Just good mm. stuff. Yeah, looking forward to that match. And then we got Thunder Rosa, NWA Women's Champion. Uh, she's, of course, challenging Sheeda, the AEW Women's Champion, at All Out this weekend. And she took on Serena Deeb, who was, yeah. you know, only earlier this year, she was a, a trainer in NXT, I believe. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. Once part Shout of the... Go on, sorry, go on. I'd say once part of the Straight Edge Society with CM Punk. That's what she's most famous for. Had to shave her head. I was going to say, shout out to SRS, who posted up a gif of CM Punk walking down to the ring with Serena Deeb to get everyone excited that CM Punk was making a return to wrestling 
only to follow <laughs> it up with lol thunder rose has taken on serena deep what a Good heel there, what a heel um yeah, and so I feel that this is a good example of AEW being damned if they do and damned if they don't. And I'm going to preface this by saying they have made this rod for their own back. Because <laughs> they've done such a piss poor job of their women's division, people get really annoyed if they don't give them long matches, right? Like if they give or, you know, they don't give them enough TV time. So here, they gave Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb some TV time so they could have this back and forth match that Thunder Rosa picked up the win, looks good in the victory, to build up to the match with Sheeta. But all the complaints that came out of this was like, well, she sold too much for Serena Deeb and she sold too much for a job. So I was like, well, do you, want, you either want them to have more TV time or you want them to have short squash matches. Like you can't sort of have it both ways. But as I say, that is all that. That's kind of AEW's fault for not doing a good job to begin with. Yeah, it's it was it was a decent match. I've seen a lot of people say it was the best match of the night. I think that's a that's a big reach. I enjoyed it, um, but it was it was just a, a pretty normal match for me. Uh, my problem comes with yeah, the, it, this was far better than the usual women's matches we've had over the last couple of months on Dynamite. Bearing in mind that's a very low bar, unfortunately. But, you know, I, I, you cut on the go-home show to All Out, you've got your challenger, who only sort of turned up a couple of weeks ago in Thunder Rosa, having a match. Sheeda's not out there. Sheeda doesn't come out afterwards. And who's she facing? She's facing Serena Deeb. Yeah, she's she's a name. like, But really, really quite a low-scale name. Why can't you have her f- fight someone that's more established? What's Nyla Rose doing right now? Like mm-hmm. to to put over Thunder Rosa's being a former skill champion, level. exactly. Like I just, you know, there's no character, I, there's no real characters here for me to get invested in. That's not to say you can't put out unknowns and have the match suck you in. I've certainly had that with Statlander last year, and uh, who's the other one? The Portuguese Shanna. Shanna. They were both fantastic. Like within a match, I'm there with them. This wasn't that match for me. Uh, I th- I. T- I- I think the people who are going, you know, I read the Reddit reaction and I was like, oh my God, sign these two people immediately. And yes, that's probably a good idea. But and say, call it the best match of the night. I think that's a case of sort of, what's the word? When you make a bigger no, deal of something because you want it to be true. Yeah. We've got such low expectations at the moment that I think, you know, people are just excited to see that there was a women's match that was more than 10 seconds or whatever mm. it was. But I think you kind of hit the nail on the head, really. It was like, where the hell was Sheeta? Like, where the hell was your, your segment with Sheeta here? A promo, anything, like a video package to put over Sheeta, but like a stare down between the two. The, the story of this match has been Thunder Rosa said, can I have a match? They signed a contract. Then she won a match like that. And that's it. Like I I saw someone in the chat then said like, they've had three months to do this Mm. and they've done it all in the last three weeks. It's just another example of just, they don't care enough about their women's division. You know, you look at the, the hangman page elite storyline. It's been going on for like, you know, a year at this point. You know what I mean? Like that's been going on for a long, long time. Three weeks is what we've had for this women's division. And it's been very, very small bits and pieces. Yeah. Um, then we got a John Moxley promo, always very good. Uh, just a recorded one backstage before the main event. And then in like, AW just don't do themselves favors because, I mean, to me, it seems like 
they are putting all of the women's stuff in the same quarter hour because that's how ratings work. You get quarter right. hours. You're like, oh, we're going to lose viewers with the, the women because we haven't built them up enough, which you know might be indicative because you never pushed them enough in the first place. So let's put all of that in one 15-minute chunk before the main event, which will see people come back anyway. That's exactly how it was positioned here. Uh, Big Swole's cutting, cutting a fun promo to Tony Schiavone. She's jumped by Britt Baker. Britt Baker puts her in the lockjaw and announces it's going to be a tooth and nail match at Saturday. So, yeah, so this is the other half of our title for today because this also got people a little bit hot uh, when I was looking at sort of reactions to this show, which is that this is like one of the longer builds that they've had for a match going into All Out between Britt Baker and Swat. And actually, when you think about it, like this match, this feud has been going on since the start of the lockdown era, certainly since oh. the move to Daly's place. So it's been going on for a long, long time. We're finally at this match and it's on the buy-in. And I've seen people who are very upset about that, but apparently the reason for the reason why it's going to be a buy-in is because it's on it's a cinematic match, mm. and so you don't want to have a cinematic match when you've got people in the crowds who are buying tickets to go see your show to sit there and watch the screen. So you put the buy you put it on the buy-in where you're not going to potentially piss off any fans that have bought tickets to see this. It's going to be filmed at Britt Baker's uh, dentistry, and yeah, I don't know what the rules of the match are, but it is a cinematic match. So that's why it's on the buy-in, uh, at least according to Meltzer on, on Wrestling Observer Radio anyway. Yeah, it's it, it, that's the right move if it is a cinematic match. That that hints to me that uh, Britt Baker is might still be a little bit injured, not fully recovered from her injury she suffered back in February, I think it was, if they're going to shoot around it with a cinematic match. Otherwise, they'll just do a straight-up singles one, surely. Hmm. Um, but yeah, well, so I'm sure it'll be very funny because all of Britt Baker's skits in The Dentists has been really enjoyable. Uh, the main event was John Moxley taking on Mark Sterling, that obnoxious lawyer. It was fine. It was, you know, for, for a go-home show, uh, I, not really my cup of tea. It was the angle that came afterwards that was important. But the main event match of Moxley versus Sterling was just comedy stuff. When Moxie's like, have a free shot. Sterling goes for him, misses. Sterling's wearing this like padded bodysuit, like Roman Reigns covered in vests. <laughs> and yeah, he just he beat him with a paradigm shift that he can't use at the weekend. Yeah, I would have thought he'd have choked him out to show mm. that he could also choke someone out. Like, you know, hit the paradigm shift, but then <laughs> choke him out afterwards. That's a really good point because last week's contract signing, Moxie was all about... I'm going to have to get creative with you. And they set up this match as a way to show what Moxley is going to do to beat MJF without the paradigm shift. And, and you, you're totally right. Uh, they didn't tell that story. I, I don't think this didn't work for me personally. Mm. Like, you know, it's fine and everything, but it's not. I think the, the builds to this match has been so good. I don't know whether it's just that I've, I don't think I have hated Mark enough to want to see moxley get his hands on him like that that's where i feel like maybe this has fallen down slightly for me personally anyway um it's it was fun and everything but it wasn't like the like the angle that came afterwards i thought was much more effective uh, yeah and like i think if you're telling the story that he can't use the paradigm shift so he's got to get creative then maybe don't just finish this match with the paradigm shift so let's talk about that post-match wardlow attacks john moxley mjf comes down and they just give him a brutal beatdown. Uh, 
MJF puts on the diamond ring, which is super protected, punches him. You can hear, did you hear Moxley what he said? He said, go effing nuts, I think, to, to MJF. So MJF just like wailed on him. Moxley is bleeding a gush of blood all over his face. MJF smears a load on his own face. MJF poses there with the title. And, you know, for the first time uh, in months, because MJF has been presented as a comedy character, he's been walking around with a Zimmer frame in Burberry Mm. uh, patterns. He he felt like a real legitimate, credible threat. Yeah. And it's also, it highlights the fact that his character is a hypocrite because Mm. his whole thing has just been like, Moxley is a bad wrestler because he does hardcore stuff. I'm an actual wrestler. So here he is beating up Moxley in the hardcore stuff and making him bleed and wiping the blood on his face. So it's, it's just some nice, like hypocritical character work, which I, I, I thought was really nice. Um, and yeah, like I, I thought it worked for, for as an ending angle and as an ending visual of him standing there, you know, the blood on his face, holding the title up. I did think it was effective. I, I didn't get on with the Mark Stoneham stuff leading into it. Was it Stoneham? Yeah. Was that what his name was? Uh, it was Sterling. Yes. Yeah. I feel like that's a, a rib name too. Mark, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Saying Mark. Uh, I'm just so overall, I gave it a three out of five. You know, by no means a bad show, still so right. so enjoyable, really fun, great wrestling, fantastic characters. The elite are just otherworldly right now, but by AEW's own high standards and it being a go home show, it didn't wow me. Yeah, I'm I'm in agreement with you with a three out of five. Uh, I thought it was a, a, a absolutely solid show, but not mm. like a blow away show. You wanted to, uh, do you know what it was? I wanted Dark Order. I wanted some Dark yeah, Order. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, oh, yeah God, have I you really been wa- missed them. Have you been watching Being the Elite? Because honestly, <laughs> Mr. Brody Lee is so funny. <laughs> but, but, like he's oh, him throwing papers at people that him like. That they did this great skit where the Dark Order, John Silver thought they'd recruited Jungle Boy, but it was actually Griff Garrison. The guy looks like Jungle Boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And on Mr. Brody Lee's reaction to it was, it, I still, I'm still, I'll send you the link afterwards. It's so Maybe. funny. It's so funny because he's just so pissed off with it. He's got like the 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 holding in rage, surrounded by idiots thing, perfect. Uh, <laughs> Let's get straight on to the su- 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 super. <sighs> Please get in all your super chats right. Get rowdy. Last call for them. We'll be going through each and every single one of them. 810 Pro Wrestling. The way that Young Bucks' demeanor was last night, I feel like that they may be also turning heel along with Kenny Omega, forming the old heel being the elite, FTR winning with shenanigans. I, I think that's the long-term direction too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, and Soga. Kenny wore the aviators in the last scene of being the elite this week. There you go. So maybe it is there for a reason. Charlie Davis again. Another standard follow-up. Kenny said something else that made me think people make mistakes and then you have to live with the consequences. Seems like a rationalization of his future actions. Oh, that's nice. Mm. I like that a lot. Yeah. You know what I like more? What's that? 
Kenny coming out and saying, you people made me turn on Hangman Page. <laughs> Benjamin Kirk, did anyone else notice the Bucks leave through the heel tunnel last night? Ooh, did they? No. I didn't spot that. Hey, they, 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 they're emotional. Maybe they didn't see which one it was. That's brilliant. Kevin, Wrestle Talk in February. Kenny turning heel? Wrestle Talk in September. Okay, we know we've said it before, but Kenny might really be turning heel this time. It's really interesting how he's been flirting with being heel all year long. I'll be honest, Kevin. I, I nearly I, I busted gut thinking that last week's podcast title was did Hangman Page just turn heel? And then the very next week was like, nope, apparently it's his tag partner. <laughs> Marco Talon 12. The Bucks entered through the face tunnel and then left through the heel tunnel. Brilliant storytelling. I didn't see that. Travis Charon. Did you notice the Bucks exited through the heel entrance and exit way after the match? I think everyone noticed but us, mate. I'll defer to you for dynamite. Indeed. Uh, Rich McCann says, one thing I think that's being overlooked for the tag match is Sean Spears. Tully is a man of means and intelligence. Huh. Yeah, maybe this is the, the reveal of a, a larger four horsemen. Mm. Dwayne Cooley, I love the addiction. Sky is good and all, but I love seeing Kaz and 50-year-old Daniels tagging together. Felt great, great to see them tagging again. More CD. Yeah, you say the addiction, I say bad influence. <laughs> Monte Granito, uh, Excalibur is the bass player of the group, allows the others to be more creative. That's a really nice analogy, Monty. I like that. Christopher Jazzcat, Jericho's punches looked awful. Makes me think Janela might have actually gotten hurt. On fight, JR thought his mic was off and said Janela should be a heel. <laughs> I think JR said threat like he counted down a commercial as well at one he point. He did, yeah. Um, yeah, J JR, you know. He has his he has his weeks, doesn't he? Uh, I'm glad they're paying him all that money to be salty on commentary every week and just you know bury their own products. There was a line where he said they're talking about the Bucks' book, and Jr. says, "Yeah, who knew wrestling fans like to read?" Yeah, I thought you just released a book, man. <laughs> also, like, yeah, 20 years ago we worked that one out when McFoley was a number one bestseller. Come on, man. Maybe he uh, was saying it in like a. A, a slight at the people who think wrestling fans don't read. I think it is. Well, because Mick Foley did say like when he, it was a struggle for him to get his autobiography done because publishers did say the wrestling fans don't like to read. So maybe it was more of a slight at that. Mm -hmm. um, Matthew Shield, should the dark order have broken the big brawl? They're not in the casino battle Royal match. So yeah. uh, no, but I would have loved it. Um, Manraj says, how do AEW have Pentagon Jr. and not have him be a top star a la the Elite in Jericho, etc.? Have you noticed they were swearing way more than usual? I think you might have noticed they were swearing because they were very slow on the center button. Like, <laughs> they kept saying the S word and then censoring them after they'd said it. It's like, ah, damn, I missed it again. Ah, damn, I missed it again. S word. Beat, beat, beat. Bleep. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yes, I totally agree with Pentagon Jr. I've been saying that for the entire history of Dynamite. <gasps> They're in the chat again. All Elite Wrestling. Thank you, gentlemen, for the feedback. We value and appreciate all feedback. Oh, no, don't, don't turn up when we're saying the few bad things. We've been saying so many nice things about you the whole you show. At the start of the show. Oh, I feel bad now. It's a five out of five episode. <laughs>
Station uh, station says MJF should have been out there for the match just to talk trash to Moxley and more on the lawyer. Then after MJF and Wardlow hop in and beat Moxley, yeah, I think actually that would have added a lot to the match. Like if MJF was on commentary for it, Mm. that really added a lot to it. Completely agree with you there. Uh, Marco Talon said, in hindsight, I would have had Nyla Rose retain over Sheeta at double or nothing. I'd rather rather have a longer title chase than a nothing nothing title reign. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I I love Sheeta. I've just been I've just been like uh, yeah. I'm I'm such a big fan of them. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. No, do you know because I I had uh, Rose down to retain there, but I was actually overjoyed that Sheeta won. I just want Sheeta to have a storyline now. Um, do you want to take over the AEW ones? Uh, AEW no check mark. I'm hearing there no it's check no, mark. Oh, there's a no check mark. Oh, he worked oh, me. He worked us. God damn it. Dang it. Just check in. Uh, well, Christian Baltimore says, apparently Tony Khan wasn't at the show last night. Ooh. Going in Raw said he's in the... U- How did he get to the UK? Have we got like travel bans and stuff? Well, you know, he's he's family-owned Fulham and stuff. I'm sure he can he can hop around easier than mere mortals. Yeah, maybe That's so. That's interesting, yeah. though. I wonder how many yeah. he's missed. Yeah, who knows? Well, I mean, I don't know. Don't know on that one. Uh, Gavin Wilson said, maybe that's why everyone was swearing so much. Gavin Wilson <laughs> had three months build and is on the buy-in. Bucks versus Jurassic Express, last minute match to get the Bucks. So I don't know if Luke's stopped for everyone else, but he's sure stopped for me. So I'll finish that off. Uh, last minute match to get bucks on the card on main card shocking so yeah we already went through that the reason big swole and baker on the buy-in is because it's going to be a cinematic match are you with us luke i think so am i with you i think you're back i think you're back now i'll I'll do the super chats just in case mark you can let's be honest nobody asked for young bucks versus jurassic express oh yeah i think that's unfair yeah yeah i think it's gonna be awesome uh, Monte Granito, wrestling podcasts have been down on Luchasaurus. Have they? I thought we all loved have Luchasaurus. They? But the That's crowd they. was very audibly into him. You guys are great. Thanks for getting us through the no crowd era. Yeah, that was actually, the crowd were like really hot for, for Luchasaurus to, to tag into the match. But yeah, I don't know, have wrestling podcasts been down? On the First time there? hearing of it. No. I, I mean, maybe, maybe other less good wrestling podcasts have been putting him down, but don't listen to them. Uh, Nick Cordell, do you think there's a chance Pac could return in the Battle Royal? Hey, if Tony Khan can get back to the UK, he could pick up Pac on his like, while he's here and fly him back to the US. So, you know, they, they change up uh, the intro credits every week, the clips they use. Pac's face was in this episode. I don't go. know if he's in it all the time, but I saw it and I was like, huh. I don't feel like I usually see that. So maybe, maybe that was a tease. Ryan C, Double or Nothing 2021 co-main event. FTR versus Young Bucks and Omega versus Page, both championship matches in front of fans in Las Vegas. Yes. And that's why I think you want to save it. That's why I think you want to, don't do it now. Don't do it now at all Mm. out too. Beverly Saylor, wish AEW would have given Brock 500,000 dollars for one off for the brawl after the break and battle royal imagine the pay-per-view buys to see brock in the battle royal 
first of all, he's not doing anything for half a mil. <laughs> I was going to say, come on, mate. Come on, Beverly. Uh, pro- probably at least times 10 on that. I was going to say, you want him in a battle royal? You've got to break out those big bucks. That's working with multiple people for possibly longer than a, mm. than a regular match would be. But at the same time, you wouldn't put him in a surprise spot in a battle royal. You would promote that for months in a singles match for the title. Mm. Oh, uh, apparently, okay. True Hill Heat have said Pac's always in the opening. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. That's just me getting excited. Hello. How Their name is Hello there. That's not just me saying hello. How do you win a battle royal? I need everyone being thrown over the top rope and the commentators yelling at me. If this happens... <laughs> <laughs> You got me there. I thought you were genuinely asking. (laughs) (laughs) Ivan Drago, is Death Pentagon your name for Eddie Kingston's faction, or was it established on their Dynamite debut? Hope the unit stays a thing post All Out. It's my silly name. Uh, But yes, I I agree. I I want them to, to stay as a thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Tyler Woodward, general wrestling related things, said, is anyone else sick of the Wednesday Night Wars? They've counted programs twice. WWF and WCW did it all the time. Hashtag Russell Luke for life. Thank you very much. Hashtag let's get rowdy. Uh, well, I, I mean, Tyler, you might be in luck, my friends, because USA apparently have been very upset about uh, NXT's uh, not great ratings on Wednesday nights and have seen them get a good ratings on a Tuesday night and may permanently move them to Tuesday nights, which means it would be the end of the Wednesday night war. I always thought I wanted another enter night here wars in my lifetime because there's so much fun attached to that era of WCW versus WWF. But now I'm living through it. I'm like, no, I just want to be able to watch both shows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of, I sort of agree with you in one way. Like, I've really enjoyed the Wednesday Night Wars. I feel like fans have made it not fun. But mm. like, I've, I've very much enjoyed both shows and kind of like the counter programming, the little jabs here and there. But I think because of the tribalism that, uh, uh, I'm not saying all wrestling fans have had, I should point out, not all wrestling fans have had this. But the ones, like if you read the replies to Brian Alvarez just posting up what the ratings are, it's just like it's a minefield of knobbishness. Um, Well, his name's Peter Gass, but I'm going to just call him Pete Gass. Um, First time watching live, and it's my birthday. Greetings from the better. Greetings from the better Reading. There is no better Reading, Pete Gass. Uh, Question, do you you believe Renee Young could make an appearance this coming Saturday? No, it's 90-day non-compete, isn't it? Yeah. Gabriel Caruso, hey, remember that match with the New Day and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn at Stomping Grounds? Just wanted to remind you how cool it was. I remember the tagline more than any matches that happened <laughs> on that show. Kicking ass and taking names. Pete Gas is back in to just remind us that today is his birthday. Love from Reading PA. Happy birthday yeah. again. How are the rest of the Mean Street Posse? Rich McCann, <laughs> do you think there's a face problem in wrestling? Lots of heels seem, uh, lots of heels seems less and less faces, WWE, NXT, and AEW, especially at the top of the card. I certainly think in WWE that's become the case. I feel like every tag team is breaking up as well. It's like lots of yeah. heels and lots of tag teams breaking up. Uh, AEW and NXT, I know Champa Return is a heel as well, so there's that. Uh, I think with NXT and AEW, though, that's more just uh, people showing a bit more attitude. If you look back at the Attitude Era, everyone's a heel. 
and it's yeah. it's awesome. Um, so I I don't think it's a problem for them, but I do think it's a problem for the main roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to take over the Rust Talk related? One? Yes, uh, Rene Rangel. Yes, please get rowdy. Mister Davis is a fool. JB is LWLO's personal sign guy. Give me a yes, please. Yes, please. What are the rules for the JTJ title on Saturday? Quite simple. We're going to do predictions. It's up later today. Whoever wins the predictions at All Out 2 becomes the inaugural Jam That Champion. And if Luke doesn't do it, he loses his job. I lose my job. Yes. (laughs) Zucchini Squash. Yes, please. The Zornista, yes, yes, please. Nick Cordell, yes, oh, please. Loving it. Yeah, cheers. It's my money. You're giving me money. Uh, <laughs> William Valley, question for the greatest of all time, lukewarm Luke Owen. Are the Raycons headphones worth it? Yeah, they're very good, actually. I've been very much enjoying my, uh, my Raycon uh, headphones, my earbuds, rather. Fact Channel, no thanks. Join Dark Ollie. Well, yeah, I appreciate the- that. It's the Ollie Authority. I was going to say, they can't even get your faction name right and you're licking hands. Marco Talon 12, Mr. Davis is best for business. He's Mr. Davis business. is business. Uh, Chris Petro, just saying hello, lads. Love AEW and love you guys. Wrestle Talk for life. Love you too, buddy. DX Solo. Oh, everyone's hey. up in the chat today. DX Solo says, big stakes for Saturday. If Luke wins, then I stay married. But if he loses, then I have to sign these white divorce papers from this brown envelope. Excellent calling spots oh reference. God, that really tickled me. I was reading ahead of you there because I was like, oh, my God, don't get divorced from Alison. But then I saw the white papers from the brown envelope. That uh, really tickled me. Unfortunately, it's a marriage that's going to have to come to an end if if you win. Don't keep, keep up the No, thank you. No, no, thank you. Ryo Odonte. Luke, you want a couple Luke Wisers? And I'll give you a yes, please. Yes, and some please. of these emojis. Surely it should be a cup of tea. I mean, I do like a cup of tea. It is good. Ben S. Mr. Sorry? Dangerous to throw at people. Mm. Cups of tea. Like, Thermoses. If I had like a cooler across the ring and someone was throwing me cups of tea. It's, like, it's going to end in disaster, mate. Kettles. <laughs> Mr. Ben S. Mr. Davis, did you receive your action figures from AEW yet? I haven't, no. Uh, so let's tweet them. It'd be great if they sent you a whole box of only brandy figures as a prank. I mean, you say as a prank, but they're the hardest ones to get. Mm. Like, they, if you want to buy them on like eBay, I believe the starting price for them is like 60 or 80 bucks. So, like, they're the rarest ones of the lot. Uh, Ryo Adonte. Also, I don't know who to contact about my Pledge Hammer shirt that I still have not gotten. Unhappy face. Sorry about that. That's for Patreons at $50 or more. Everyone gets like an exclusive t shirt. Um, support at wrestletalk.com. That's the email. Or, or just the Patreon uh, DMs. DM us and, mm-hmm. and we'll pick that up. I'm sorry that hasn't happened. Unfortunately, we yeah, don't really know sorry. what your name is, so we can't fix that now. Uh, but yeah. yes, please do that. Rangers mayhem for Ollie. Who the f is Griff Garrison? He's the he's the jobber guy who looks like Jungle Boy. Did I get the name right? I think yeah, I did. Griff Garrison, right? Peter Gas again. Today's my birthday. Love from Reading. Happy birthday, it's Pete. Silly's birthday. Uh, Josh Razuz. Josh Razuz Gas. I just know him as real man's reality. I don't pick sides, Mister Davis. 
all heart emoji, having fun. You did pick my side, though. Nate drops surname. Yes, please. Yes, was please. at the show last night. Oh. It was fun, but a little weird. With as spread out as everyone is, it's tough to get the feel of an actual crowd. I get that. Do you know what? I absolutely get that, yeah. And some last-minute super chats that have just come in. Uh, Vegeta420197. Vegeta. 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 I do know that. It would be absolute trash if Brock goes to AEW. They don't need part-time losers. (laughs) Box office draw, though, isn't he? It'd be very good for them. (laughs) Uh, Sam Wall, it kind of bugged me that the fan with the hangman sign was sitting down with the wrestlers when all the other fans were in the upper levels. I know what you mean, but if they want to do that thing safely, it's just something they're going to have to do. And vlogging with Demetrius, how about Miro for the surprise entry, the former Rusev? There you go. Well... I mean, find out my thoughts on that in the predictions video, which will be going up, I believe, about half past six today, I think is. uh, So, I mean, for non-UK viewers, that's about two and a half hours time, our predictions video for All Out still be going up. It's me versus this guy. The jam that championship is on the line in predictions warfare. So with you being on your own now, it also means that lunches are your own, which means you get to watch whatever you want, right? So, Oh, yes. What are you filling that time with? Well, I hadn't really thought about it because it's not like Anna's at work five days a week now. It's going to be like once or twice in the office. Mm. So it's not like I can properly say, okay, every lunchtime I'm going to watch this. So I spent a lot of time just flicking around on YouTube and I was like, and that's the thing I want to do. And it was... Uh, why the new 52 failed, which was DC's big comic book storyline relaunch back in 2011. But me and Laurie, it's one of the first things we bonded over uh, Mm. at your uh, stag party. We're like, because I bought every single issue uh, for that first year. And so did Laurie. So we talked a lot about that. Um, And yeah, yes. And then I was like, oh, who's this guy? Oh, who's this guy? So now I've got like a big... DC comic book hole to trip over and fall down on YouTube. How about you? You'd, you're still Buffy in. Still buffing at the moment. We've nearly finished series one, um, which we've been very much enjoyed. Oh, mate, we watched an episode absolutely banging where this demon, right, like 100 odd years ago, got trapped in a book and then cut back to present day. That book ends up in Sunnydale and Buddy Willow scans the book into a computer to ah. digitize it. And it, it lets the demon escape, and the demon gets into the internet. What? And how is yeah. the internet portrayed in the mid nineties? So, yeah, it, it don't really. It's a lot of just like screens will just say you need to kill her now, or Ooh. you know, don't don't trust her. Lots of like you got mail and uh, I am chat. There was a great scene where uh, Willow was like on an I am chat with this demon and that was called Moloch, but he would like renamed himself Malcolm to make him, you know, to kind of convince her that he was an actual person. And uh, she was reading aloud what she was typing. So mm. that you, the audience, didn't have to just sit there and watch someone type, and then that other person just quietly respond with other typing. So it was, you know, it was quite clunky, but also very, very charming. Willow, by the way, folks, if you're not familiar with Buffy, we're not talking about Jeff Hardy's TNA character. No, although I do think about that every time she comes. Okay, Willow. 
that's uh, that sounds great. I, I, I loved how yeah. Buffy really well, it was the first show that I watched, which would routinely run out of ideas and, or not, not run out of ideas, but get bored with having to make a show. So it'd be mm. like, okay, we're going to do this one all in song or this one's completely silent. Yeah. It's it's been a very it's the monster of the week thing gets old. No, I wouldn't say it gets old quickly because one of the things I've got to try and wrap this up because we've had some technical issues uh, with internet, so we have to cut this podcast a bit short. But it is it's very twisty and turny. Mm -hmm. There's genuinely been quite a few times where I've not seen the twist coming. Vis a vis, i.e., there's an episode with a dummy, so instantly you're like, dummy's bad, right? And like they're setting up like, okay, there's demons that take the form of like living inanimate objects that are looking to steal organs to make themselves real. And like no. the guy kind of talks about how like he wants to be, you know, like the he's being sort of held by this, you know, this teenager. And they have the conversation about like he's going to be free and going to be free and stuff. So you think, right, dummy's the demon. Yeah. Turns out the dummy is actually the demon slayer that has been tracking this demon around the school for years. And he thinks that Buffy's the demon. So he's been trying to kill, that's why he's been trying to kill Buffy all this time. And he's <laughs> been trapped in the, he's been trapped as a, a dummy for the last like 60 odd years. And being free means that when he kills this seventh demon, his spirit will be released and he can actually like die and move on from life. If you're not careful, Luke, you might have to admit you like Joss Whedon. <laughs> well these aren't like i mean he only wrote like the first couple of episodes no oh, like i think come on. but you know he's, he's show running that ship he's show running it and i i do you know what i think some of it is quite good i i'm i'm, I'm really ah. i'm enjoying it way more than i thought i would do but is it actually good well i mean if we ever start another movie channel if we give that a second crack of the whip then <laughs> maybe i'll do good cinema <laughs> They don't want to talk about Buffy, although it features heavily in New Mutants. And you can listen to me review New Mutants <laughs> over on Cineworld's channel tomorrow. Good little plug there. But unfortunately, that's all we've got time for on this episode. But do you know what? I'm sure I'm going to be back next week because I'm going to get to keep my job at the All Out 2020 Predictions Warfare when we do live stream that on Saturday. I'm going to beat Mr. Davis. I'm still going to be employed and I'm still going to be here doing the AEW reviews with you from now till forever isn't that right davis i hate you i hate you too thank you so much for listening everyone i love you goodbye hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 